Oh Lord, I just thank you and praise you for this day. Lord, that we have time to come down and be in your presence and your word and hear what you have to say. Lord, we pray that your spirit will give us wisdom and insight as we look through uh, your word, Lord. And Lord, I pray that uh, you would help myself just step aside and let you step in, Lord. Uh, this needs to all be from you. And Lord, the, pray for each man in here, Lord, that uh, you would just give them uh, wisdom, insight. Lord, let them know that you are here, that you are with them, that you love them. Lord, it doesn't matter what stage they're in in their walk with you. Lord, you love them. And Lord, we just praise you. We thank you. Lord, we especially thank you, Jesus, for your death, burial, and resurrection. Lord, we give you all the glory and honor today. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So now, 1 John, I'm sure you can figure out, written by John, who's a disciple of Jesus. Pretty simple to figure out, right? You guys get it? Okay. Okay. All of John's letters were all written around the same time. Okay, so you have John, the gospel, and you can tell he's one of the latest gospels written because he covers the things that no one else really covered. Yeah. Right, his is clearly different. So that's how you know the other ones were written even before his. Okay, so just keep that in mind because he's like writing in a time that the, that, uh, the Gnostics are trying to come in, swoop in, and teach all this weird stuff, okay? And they would teach like this new knowledge, new revelation, or you can do this, you can do that because you're under grace. For false teachers, they taught false, false teachings, they taught a false gospel of basically do what you want because you're under grace. Or there's new knowledge outside of scripture that now we know, okay? Not true. John writes a lot to combat this. This is one of his main things. Okay? And that's why John, the Gospel of John, is so different. Okay? But in 1 John, he's doing the same thing. Except he's doing it in a shorter version <laughs> and more pointed. So, in the beginning of 1 John, it says, What was from the beginning? What we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. That life was revealed and we have seen it. And we testify and we declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. What we have seen and heard, we also declare to you so that you may also have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Okay. Is anybody confused? No? Okay, so what's he talking about then? <laughs> yes, Jeff. <laughs> Right, right. Fellowship with Jesus. Okay. Okay. So to have a relationship with God. Right. The bread of Christ, we're all after, man. Eternal life. Okay. Okay. So he's, he's, he's assuring them that he saw Jesus, that he was with Jesus, that this is from Jesus because he was there with them. Right.
of what John is saying. He's like, look, we are eyewitnesses to the fact that Jesus was real, that he really did all these miracles, that he really was killed, and that he really rose from the dead. Hey, these guys are true eyewitnesses. Hey, there have been forensic and like homicide detectives that have gone to the Gospels trying to disprove that their eyewitness testimony and come out going, that is some of the strongest eyewitness testimony you will ever come across. Hey, they fit perfectly with some of the best eyewitness accounts you'll ever encounter. Okay. Uh, one of the other things that people like to say, well, if they are eyewitness accounts, they're still not written early enough to be credible. That's not true either. Hey, you have you have Paul who quotes Luke. Okay, meaning Luke was written before Paul was 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 martyred. Hey, Peter quotes other guys. You know, these guys, they quote each other. They know that these things are scripture. Paul calls Luke's account scripture. Okay, so clearly they're written early enough for people who had witnessed Jesus to still be credible, right? They could have said, well, no, no, no. His body's still there. His body's still in the tomb, right? If it wasn't true, people could have easily disproved them because they were alive, right? It says that Jesus appeared to more than 500 people, 400 at once. And 400 people don't have the same exact hallucination, okay? That doesn't happen. Like no one person really ever has the exact same hallucination or vision, okay? especially at the same time. Yes? Well, and if you had an accident at the corner of A and B and you had 400 witnesses, likely you'd have a bunch of different accounts. Right. So this, what Rick has just said, accounts for the variations between the Gospels okay? because they see it from different perspectives, yeah. right? If if something happens and Carlos sees it and Bill sees it, they're going to see it from a different perspective. Or if if Gabe sees it, he sees it from a different perspective, right? So if we ask you to write down your eyewitness testimony, like, you know, say it's an accident, we ask you to write that down, it's going to look different from each viewpoint, right? Okay, it's the same thing with the Gospels. Hey, this is how we know that they're credible. Hey, because if you were trying to put across a lie, they're all going to have uniformity. Okay, they're united in the message, but not in how they get that message out. Do you understand? Okay, so we can we can be rest assured that these are actual eyewitness accounts and that they were written early, especially given the fact that none of them ever talk about the destruction of the temple. None of them. One of Jesus' greatest prophecies and no one talks about it in the Bible. That tells me that every single book of the New Testament was written before 70 AD. And a lot of people try to say that the, that the books of John and Revelation are written somewhere between 90 and 95 AD, but he never mentions the destruction of the temple. Makes you think. Mm -hmm. hmm. What that? The temple in Jerusalem. The one that was to God. Yeah. Yeah. 
Jesus prophesied it would be destroyed and it happened in 70 AD. And, but no one writes about it. Yes. Even if the New Testaments were written 400 years after the crucifixion, it still beats the next step in historical speaking by 100 years. But it's much closer, much, much closer than that. Oh, yeah, way closer. When the historical texts are discovered or anything like that, the bar that's set, the standard, the roller stick that they use to measure authenticity, accuracy, all sorts of different stuff, the Bible is, is the epitome of historical findings, ancient scripture, and all that. Right, there's over 10,000 manuscripts that we can go back to. Okay. The second greatest work would be what was what? Do you remember what it was? Yeah. It's about three feet tall. The New Testament stacked on top of itself is a mile and a half high. It's literally a mountain of evidence. Yeah, there's what? Only like a thousand manuscript copies of the other one. Franklin, Franklin's Iliad. The Iliad? Yeah, it was 600 years after him. Oh, really? Yeah, no, no, no. And, and no one disputes the credibility of that. Where's it at today? I don't know. Oh, probably. I mean, if we have the manuscripts, they have ways of preserving them now. Yeah. You know, but it's the same with it's the same with our Bibles. Okay, the manuscript evidence is there. I mean, there's just a mountain of it. Okay. Now, the reason I talk about this is because sometimes we don't ever hear this type of stuff. Right. Some of the guys who have been here a while, you probably heard a few things like this, or guys who have been believers for a little while, you've probably heard this stuff. But some of us haven't. And I just find it super fascinating. Right? So there's schools in here to like discover things. I mean, it's through archaeology, through other other means that they just kind of come across them. You know. Kind of like a code. I want to go with a code. I think it's just straightforward. There's historical evidence within the Bible that you can go back to if you do some archaeology and you start looking for stuff, right? No, but now the other part is is the other thing that John is always trying to do is show you the deity of Christ, right? He's trying to show you that he is in fact God in the flesh, right? And some of us still struggle with this. Some of us still struggle with the fact that miracles happen. You know, that there is a God. That He exists in three persons. But all in unity and all in one in one essence. Huh? It's the Iliad. I know that much. You know. And then, of course, I think we've talked about this plenty of times. Right? How do we know that Jesus is God? He said it, right? Yeah. He said it. He said it. And everything else Jesus did lends the credibility to him as well. Right? He, we have recorded all these miracles. And John even says, if I would have written all of them down, the world wouldn't be big enough to fill it. There were so many miracles that Jesus did that we still don't even know about. You know? I think that's pretty incredible. The fact that that we didn't need to know all of them, right? Because Jesus at one point tells the crowd, man, you come looking for, for, for food. You want to be filled that way. You're not looking for me. You just want me to do more miracles for you. You want me to be your little, your little sideshow act, you know, at the freak show. No, it was crazy. People seen it. People seen it. 
and yet they still did not believe. Exactly. How could that, how could that be? I mean, even Jesus, when he talks about the rich man and Lazarus, right? The rich man goes to Hades. Lazarus goes to be in Abraham's bosom. And they can see each other across this great divide. And the rich man goes, send someone to tell my family so they don't go here. So they don't go to be in this torment. Unquenchable torment. And Abraham goes... Even if somebody comes back from the dead, they still won't believe. Right? And Jesus is telling this parable, although I think it's real. And he's telling them this parable because he's saying, that's going to be me. I'm going to be the one who comes back from the dead and you still won't believe. And clearly we know most of the world does not believe it. And he's not denied three times. Right? Most of the world still does not believe this. Okay? But the Bible shows us exactly who Jesus is. Right? If you go to John 1, 1 through 5. John 1. So not first John, regular John. Regular John. 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay, so who's the Word? Jesus. 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 It's Jesus. Okay. Jesus is the word. Okay. Well, Jeff, how do you know that? I mean, how do you how do you know that, Jeff? Well, let's jump to Genesis. In the very beginning. The very beginning of your Bibles. In Genesis. One. Verse one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Right? Do you see all three persons there? Mark, where are they? Where's all three persons? They're right there. They're right there. They're right there. In the beginning, Jesus. In the beginning, Omega. Spirit over the waters. And even in the light, right? Well, let's see. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. So you have God. Okay? And then who do you have next? Spirit. Spirit of God hovering over the watery depths. What do you have next? God speaks the word. Well, who do we just read the word was? All three persons of the triune God right there in the very beginning. Like, they're making sure you know God is a triunity perfect in relationship perfect in love but they act in three different beings I mean how cool is that yeah right right even when the angels around the throne worship God they say holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty why would you do it three times 
Trinity. Oh, there's a triunity of God. There are three different persons, but all one God. It is one of the most hard things for us to grasp because we are not God. Right? And because it's hard to grasp, we tend to not want to believe it. Anything supernatural, people try to shy away from. And they're like, nah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. That doesn't seem right. Science can't explain that. Do you know what science was invented for? Explain the things of God. They were searching the things of God. And science is playing catch up to what the Bible has. Right? Now science, they used to say, oh, the universe is static. It doesn't move. It's just there. Well, we've discovered it's expanding. The Bible tells us it's expanding. Okay? The universe is expanding. It had a beginning point. They even say they know where the beginning point is. Okay? Because they can hear the static from it. I don't know. I think some of that stuff they just kind of come up with. But there is this thing. They say they can still see the light that emanates from the part, the part where it actually began. And you can see that it's funneling out from that point. Also, the Bible describes that the universe is going to slow down and it will decay. Well, science has finally discovered the fact that, yes, the rate of expansion is slowing down and the rate of decay is speeding up. Hey, not mentioned in the Bible, so I highly doubt it. Spiritual realm, different story. Okay. But that's a whole different discussion that I can tell Braden's ready to jump on, but I need to stop him from doing so. Thank you. <laughs> because I think it's ridiculous. Okay. There's only one earth the world speak that, that God speaks of, and it's this one. Okay? Except for the new heaven and the new earth. So I'll leave that there. And that's where we can end that conversation for now. Some other time, if you guys really want to talk about that, we'll talk about it. But I think it's ridiculous to talk about. Okay? Now, so we know that Jesus is the word, right? So he is who? He's God. Well, Jeff, did Jesus ever call himself God? Well, what do you guys think? Did I hear a no? Yeah. Uh, I heard a no. He did. I heard a no. And so you say I am. I you say I am. I heard a no. Can I prove you wrong? Go for it. Okay. <laughs> In John 10. Before Abraham, I am. Well, there's those, yes, as well. But I'm not going to go to the, that one. Okay. Okay. In John 10, 24 through 30. I'm going to just turn there. It's not John 10, 24. The Jews surrounded him and asked him, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Can you just tell us? We're tired of trying to guess. We need you to just say it. <laughs> I love I love Jesus here. I did tell you and you didn't believe. Oh, <laughs> I I'm like, yeah, get up Jesus. And Jesus continues. 
the works that I do in my Father's name testify about me. So the miracles that he's doing, okay? Testify to who he truly is, okay? Because only the work of God could do that stuff. But you don't believe because you are not my sheep. They don't follow him, so they don't believe him. Okay? My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life. Okay, only God can give eternal life, right? Okay, again, so God. And they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. Okay, here's your death nail. I and the Father are one. So who's Jesus? The Father So what did he just say? He said, I'm God. <laughs> right? When he's on trial, okay, this was already referenced. He said, they, they tell him, tell us who you are. Who are you? And he says, I am. Okay? The words are ego ami. I am that I am. He uses the exact same phrase that God spoke from the burning bush. Exact same. What does I am mean? I am God. Yeah. What does I am mean? He, you ask me this every time. Self-existent one. Right? I am means self-existent one. I am that I am. I am self-existent. There is no other God. There is no one but me. All these other gods that you guys ever hear of, think of, they're all produced by man and demons. Okay? They are not real. Okay? Jesus tells them that before Abraham was, I am. And when he, when he does these things, they like get really ticked off and they want to stone him because he's blaspheming, even though he's telling the truth. Right? You don't just go to stone somebody just because. Okay? They always had a reason for doing so because that's what the law prescribed, that you actually had to have a reason. Well, their reason was he's committing blasphemy because they didn't believe he said... They didn't believe who he was. Even though he's directly telling them, I'm God, I'm God in the flesh, I have the full essence of God within me, eh? I mean, to think that this is not true is hard. But it's true. I mean, you have even secular historians who wrote about Jesus. So clearly, he is a real person. But a lot of them did not believe that he was God in the flesh. Okay? That him and God are one and the same person. Now, and the reason we find this hard is because, well, he talks to God as his father. You know, but then he calls himself God. How does that work? Well, I don't know. It's the same way as when Yahweh talked to Yahweh at the Tower of Babel. Right? At the Tower of Babel, it says that Yahweh on earth spoke to Yahweh in heaven. Okay, if God's omnipresent, can he not be everywhere at once? Right? Even Jesus can be omnipresent. 
And the dude just appeared and just disappeared at times after his resurrection. Now, before his resurrection, was he omnipresent? No. No. He was actually limited to his humanity. Right? He submitted to his humanity. Now, did he know everything? Yeah. Right? Because he said, knowing their thoughts, he answered them. They didn't have to ask a question most of the time. They were just like, oh yeah, uh, uh, how did you know we were thinking that? Because I'm God. Right? Because I'm God and <laughs> I'm un omniscient. I know everything. Right? But Jesus was so humble that he didn't, you know, act like he was God. He was humble. He was a servant. He gave of himself often and over and over again. You know, and throughout the centuries, people who share the gospel, people who preach the word have shared this. And we still get those funny looks of like, there's no way that's real. Or this is too hard to understand. But I got to tell you, from my own experience, I have seen some of these things happen. I've seen miracles. Matter of fact, I'm looking at a whole bunch of them. Think about the fact that each of you were born, right? That's a miracle of God and it shows that he still creates today. That's right. What does the Bible tell us about, about babies? I knit you together in your mother's womb. It's a miracle. You guys who have kids, you know. It's a miracle. And it's a miracle to watch your wife go through all that. Right? Now, miracles happen today. People still get raised from the dead today. People are cured of cancer today. People are cured of whatever you can think of. It happens. Does it happen all the time? No. Is some of it fake? Absolutely, because they're just trying to make a buck. And those people will be judged very harshly by God. So I'm not wrong for answering no, right? Like, not like that, but like, he still loves me. I'm still like, I'm a believer and I'm a follower and stuff. You know, I just didn't know that he, didn't, he said that. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. You're okay. Alright. You didn't know. I didn't know. He's still pretty new to this. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm doing this. <laughs> right? Some of you guys who have been followers of Christ, you're like bored right now. No. no. no you're so not. full of it, Brayden. I am not. <laughs> Right. So he tells us a lot of people. He tells people all the time. That he is God. Right? I mean, at one point he asked them, well, who do the people say I am? And they give him all these different answers. And then he asked, well, who do you say I am? Yeah. And Peter goes, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. <laughs> and Jesus looks at him and goes, 
God the Father is the one who told you this. He's the one who revealed this to you. Right? Because we know that one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to draw people to God. And the only way to come to God is through Jesus. Okay? So all of this stuff is just amazing. Right? Even though it can be hard, it's still amazing. Right? You may not fully believe some of this stuff, but sooner or later, it's either going to click or you're going to go running away as far as possible. And that's your choice. God will let you make that choice. Right? It's the joys of having free will. He lets us make a choice whether we're going to follow Him or not, whether we're going to trust Him or not, whether we're going to submit and surrender or not. But knowing that the truth is right here in front of you, to ignore it, I feel sorry. I think it sucks that there are people out there who will still ignore this. Even though we have just evidence upon evidence upon evidence of its truth. Do you have something, Braden? Because all of a sudden you have a Bible in front of you. Yeah. I just wanted to point out like an Old Testament reference to like Jesus's like deity. Like it's even like uh, prophesied about in the Old Testament in Psalms 45, um, verse 6. And it's referenced in the New Testament in Hebrews. Um, but it says, uh, Your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. You rule the scepter of justice. You love justice and hate evil. Therefore, O God, your God, like, therefore God, your God, has anointed you. Um, both capital G. Like, therefore God, your God. Like he's saying like, therefore Jesus, your Father, has anointed you. Isn't that a way to say it? Right. But they're both given the name of God. Right. All of Hebrews chapter 1 is about that stuff. Right. I mean, is there any question in here that Jesus is God? Nope. Nope. Not in here. I don't know. There might be, but I think I, I think if there is, people are, are too like... I don't want to be called out. And I understand that. I mean, who in here believes this? Believes that Jesus is God? Right? Right? Now, who here has yet to trust in Jesus as their Lord, Savior? Is there anybody? Hey, if you haven't, I want you to know it's okay. Don't keep it that way for long. Because like the Bible tells us, our lives are but a vapor. Here today, gone tomorrow. You could walk out the door today and get hit by a truck. And then your chances are over. 
And I don't want that to happen to anybody. God doesn't want that to happen to anybody. He says, I wish that all would come to the knowledge of the truth. And we know that the truth is Jesus. Jesus. Okay. But that probably still kill you. <laughs> right? So if you have not given your life to Jesus, I'm asking you to do so. Maybe you've kind of wandered away a little bit. Or you've doubted that He is truly who He says He is. Renew your commitment to Him. If you still have questions, come talk to me. Come talk to Mark. Come talk to Braden. Come talk to anybody who's got a strong relationship with the Lord. They can help guide you in the right direction. But just talk about that sidebar right here. And I said gently, I, yeah, I said I really want, non-arrogantly, um, I said I really want God to, to really reveal himself to me. I mean, like really, 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 really reveal himself. You know? Yeah. And... Brain says, well, 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 I think we did. So, but I still want God to really reveal himself. I still want to have faith, too. Huh? So, I went on to tell him that like, followers, <laughs> three, it was just like Peter, <laughs> Peter was all like, yeah, no, I don't know that guy. I don't know that guy. I twist and squeeze and all these miracles. Yeah. And then the Exodus, they have a big old cloud fire, and light mountains like on fire, light bolts shooting out of it and stuff. And they started to worship an idol. Yeah, it doesn't do no good seeing God in his ass or anything. It's even even Jesus, when Thomas said, Well, I need to see the holes in his hand in his hands and in his side to believe that it's true. You know, and then a week later, it happens. And Jesus is just like, well, go ahead. Touch the holes. Put your hand in my side. And Thomas just falls down and says, the Lord of me and the God of me. Hey, that's what the real wording is. The Lord of me and the God of me. Not my Lord and my God. Hey, it's just easier to write it that way. Even his brother James didn't believe until right. Right. That's another. That's another good proof that these guys were complete sissies and cowards hiding, and then they see the resurrected Christ, and all of a sudden they're like, "Yes, let's go. We will die for this message." Yeah. Yeah. Well, they move something on. Right. They think about it. They are radically changed. Because Jesus is a radical changer. He will radically change you. How many of you are feeling that? You know you're being changed since you've been, been following Christ. I will 100% say that. Okay? Hey? Hey? And I'm not mad if anybody didn't raise their hands. Okay? Because you know what God is doing in you. You know what Jesus is changing. You know what the Holy Spirit's trying to get in and through you. Amen. Okay? And if you're still struggling with your faith, if you're still struggling with believing any of this, the Spirit will bring it out. He will show it to you. Okay? Yeah, that's what I want. That's what I mean to review. I don't mean just come sit down and have lunch with me and say, hey, I'm God. Well, I want you to know right now 
that he's already done so. And he's doing so right now. You have his word written on paper. He's revealed himself to you. You need to believe this is true. If you don't believe this is true, you're going to have a hard time believing Jesus is who he said he was. Okay? There is such a thing as absolute truth. Truth is not subjective. Okay? My truth is not my truth only. Okay? Absolute truth is prescribed by God. Okay? okay? Because if it's if it's my truth but not your truth and your truth is not my truth, then you can tell me that you don't need to breathe air and I'll tell you that that's not true. Because you absolutely need to breathe air. Okay? How many of you feel like you exercise faith every day? Okay. Those of you who maybe don't think they exercise faith every day, every day you sit in a chair, don't you? You exercised faith that that chair is going to hold you up. Okay. All these things point to the truth of what God is already doing. Okay. Our faith isn't just blind. There's an aspect of it that's blind. But it's actually very evidential. The fact that we have all these archaeological findings, that we have historians writing about these things that didn't even care for Jesus, but because he was such an integral part of the life back then, you know, and from then on forward, right? I mean, we can go out in the middle of, middle of Boise and start preaching Jesus and people, people are either going to get really mad or they're going to come to him and surrender their lives. Right? Those are like the two options. Get really mad or get saved. Okay? Same options for you. Deny or get saved. And then remain. Right? Abide in me and I'll abide in you. Any other thoughts, questions before we, we close? Go ahead, Brady. I was just wondering that the... Uh... We talk about like all the other miracles, you know, the pillar, the parting of the sea, Jericho's walls. Uh, there was a lot of hungry people, and there was very little food. And then there was a lot of not hungry people anymore. There was very little food and leftovers. Uh, I just wonder, what was such the tipping point for the disciples that they were ready to lay their lives down? And the miracle of Jesus coming back from the dead was. More crucial than Lazarus, or more crucial than calming the storm, more crucial than quoting prophecy. And like, I just, it's just so interesting. Like, essentially, Jesus came back and said, Yeah, Jesus won death to zero. <laughs> and, uh, and I think that's one of the biggest tipping points, but it wasn't until they actually received the okay, Holy yeah. Spirit. Yeah. That they became very bold and courageous. Now, there were points where Peter would put his foot in his mouth and say, No, I'll never let them take you. I will die for you. Right? Peter was had a false sense of cur of courage at that time. Right. Right. I mean, because there was a point where, where Jesus breathes on them and says, receive the spirit. But that wasn't like, that wasn't the same thing. 
right? It says just receive this spirit, right? They were given this boldness to go out and proclaim the gospel two by two. Okay. And then in Acts, you see this Holy Spirit fall on them. They received the gift of the Spirit. Well, didn't he even say that he had to, that was part of why he had to go away? Yes. He had to go away so that the Spirit could come. Right. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story. So I freaked my dad out once because I had this book. And the title of the book was Better Off Without Jesus. He freaked out. <laughs> but the whole idea of the book is that we're better off that Jesus went back to be with the Father because had he not, the Spirit would have never descended. God's revealing himself to him through the word right now. Yeah. Read it. So I'm not even reading this. Just look down. It's like John 6, um, uh, 35. Ah, for life. John 6, 36. But you haven't believed in me even though you've seen me. What? Amen. Because when I was a little kid, I saw the angel. I saw an angel. I really did. I believe it. So, yeah, okay, that's enough right there for me. <laughs> I was kind of freaked out now. Yeah. Hey, I'm positive attitude. Right. I mean, come on. God says, "Seek me, and you will find." Right. Seek him, and you'll find him. Right. He's not hard. Not hard to find. Uh, anything else? Yeah. Well, we've been talking about miracles, and the first miracle ever performed was wedding of kings. In the end, Jesus turned the water into wine. It was the best wine, and blah, blah, blah. But it's not about the wine. It's about the fact that at the end of that, it said this is the first miracle that Jesus performed, and his disciples put their trust in him. So he did miracles for various reasons. Mm -hmm. This one was so about his disciples. It was also saving the the, the wedding host. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was keeping them from being embarrassed. That's the, but that's all. So. Well, his time that time, his time then. Yeah. Carlos, you wanted to say something else? Yeah, I was just uh, talking to somebody the other day about making Jesus like the part of my core of my life every day. How would I go about doing it? It's every day. Tell him. Tell him. I mean, that's that's really the simplicity of of following Christ is you tell him you want to follow him and then do it. That's the hard part is the actual doing of following him. Right? You know, because there's tribulation, there's suffering. Right? But Jesus says, blessed are you who are persecuted for my name. Okay? So, anybody else? How come some guys will do that? They'll like get all fired up on God for a couple of years and then they just like take over? Because they start, they start controlling. They start controlling. They get in the way of God. I got, I got this syndrome. Yep. I got this. Right. Whenever you start saying I got this, remember you don't got this. You don't got enough. You take your dodge on. I got it. Actually, let the Holy Spirit produce fruit. You don't produce the fruit; the Holy Spirit does. As soon as you realize like hard times or like character building circumstances, mm -hmm. 
like learning a new trade or something, it's not easy at the get go, but it gets better when you get to a more advanced structure in it. Or, you, know, you know how to handle it better. Right. You know how to go to Jesus quicker. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Amen.